Hey everybody, welcome to the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr., and I'm so glad you're here. No matter where you are right now or what circumstances you face, lasting success is within your reach. On this podcast, we'll have real conversations with people who have had to overcome unthinkable obstacles to achieve success. Are you ready to live with unstoppable momentum and focus? Well, today's your day. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. If you're listening on Spotify, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're watching this on YouTube, welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you guys here. And I say every episode, you guys could be watching or listening to anybody. The fact that you're watching or listening to me, I, um, I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm honored. So uh, not to keep you waiting, you know what the show is all about. The show is about unstoppable men and women. The show is a show of encouragement. Maybe you'll hear a story here. Maybe you'll hear a testimony to kind of catapult you to the next level. And today's guest, today's guest is Leroy Stanford with Stanford CTC Services, LLC. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Mr. Graves. I'm blessed. And yourself? Man, I'm blessed, and I, I'm just honored to have you on the show. Thank you for saying yes, for being a, a, a guest on my show. Hey, man, tell, tell my listeners what you're about, what, 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 what you got going on. So um, thank you for inviting me, man. I think it's more of an honor um, to be called out and to be spotlighted, so to speak, for what um, I believe I was already called to do. And you're doing some great stuff, man. You're doing some wonderful man, things. I'm blessed to be able to provide a service um, based on what I do in my life every day, which is um, advocate and recover. Um, so Stanford CTC is, well, the CTC stands for Counseling, Tutoring, and Consulting. So I'm a person, um, the new language today is in long-term recovery. Okay. <laughs> which means that I have um, 25 years, four months, and some days Totally abstinence-free from all alcohol and mood-changing drugs. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So my part of my being, part of my mission is to basically give back what was freely given to me, hope. Yeah. And an opportunity to live um, two lifetimes in one life. Right, right, right. And, and what I mean by that, I get a chance to... Um, breathe again, live again, according to what I've been called to do. Yeah. I've spent countless years early on in my life um, in what I would call a dead world experience, experience suffering from drugs and alcohol and, and emotional um, depression yeah. and mental abuse um, inflicted by myself on myself. Wow. Okay. I wasn't abused by other people. I just had this low sense of self-worth, low sense of self-esteem that I would tell myself that I couldn't, yeah. that I can't, and I was never going to be nothing. You know, and let, let me, can I pause you right there? Because I think a lot of people, when we think of abuse, we often think that it comes from other people. And and I'm so glad you were transparent and saying that nobody abused you. You're, you were abusing yourself with your thoughts, man. Elaborate on that a little bit. So... I come from a, a big family, um, 11 of us, seven of us grew within the household, but my father had extended, um, had children outside of, of um, the marriage. Right. So I grew up always trying to compete with, with my siblings. 
Um, I'm third from the youngest, so I went through that period of always trying to live up to other people's expectations instead of what God had for me, instead of the own expectations I have for myself. Right. So my desire is to be different from other people or even my family put me in a position whereas I made bad decisions that affected myself. And then when I couldn't even live up to being that person that I wasn't ever called to be, I would say I'm a failure because I wasn't a good drug dealer. I wasn't a good drug user. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't a good enough athlete like my brother. <laughs> so I beat myself. No one, no one had to say anything to me. I had that pressure on myself. Right. And, um, it was a downward spiral because when I couldn't satisfy my own distorted thinking or expectations of myself, I counted myself out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? We, we talk about that. We talk about that a lot, that the conversations you have with yourself are the most important conversations that you'll have throughout the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And, and that, could, that could lead to um, all sorts of things. It could pick me up out of something or it could draw me down into something. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's powerful, man, that, that you said that. And I wanted to pause there because you never know who's listening. And somebody's battling with their own thoughts right now. Somebody's mm-hmm. battling with their own conversations. The, the, the abuse is not coming from without, but it's coming from within. And how were you able to press through? How were you able to get over that? Well, Time. Time and I think it was it was through prayer. I think yeah. what happened at the end of my road, like we start telling ourselves these bad things, and it be um it can be kind of like confirmed by other people around you because just sure. because I told myself that I wasn't that don't mean other people didn't tell me the same thing also because right. they just jumped on the bandwagon and said you you ain't gonna be that you can't do this you can't do that because right. they didn't believe in me if I couldn't even believe in myself. Right. So I had those people around me who I thought was going to lift me up, but they just kept me in that cellar where I was at. And I think part of it, part of me getting out of it was, was I I want to say my end of the road was when I found myself homeless, living across the street from my sister in Atlantic city, living at the rescue mission. And my sister literally lived across the street. Um, I grew up in um, um, the project called Bacharach Boulevard. Okay. You know, we just had our fourth or fifth year, Backrack family reunion this um, past summer. <laughs> we do. We we've been doing it for the last five years. Now is that the name I, of the? Is that the actual name of the street? Backrack or Backrack Boulevard? It's okay. believe it or not. I'm gonna give you a picture. I'll paint a picture for you if you don't mind. I hope no, I'm go not ahead, going off. No. But the convention center is right now. Right. Exactly is where Backrack Boulevard Boulevard was. Okay. If okay. you look across the street to your left, off Ohio and Backrack is a um, building. It used to be the casino school, and then it was a trash um, trash where the truck trash trucks went at. Okay. So we were right there, and then you got the, the Atlantic City Expressway and the train station. Sure. Which is right there. So Backrack Boulevard is where I grew up, is right there where the um, convention center is. The See, people, people listening throughout the globe and throughout the country, they have this picture of Atlantic City like it's Vegas. Um, um <laughs> it's very different, people. Atlantic City, uh, uh, can we call it a ghetto? I wouldn't even call it a ghetto. I just call it, um, it was, because uh, sections of it was, was is decent. I, right. I don't want to say it was, it still right. is. When you look at Venice Park was on the west side, or Venice Park was right. middle class. Right. It was really a lot of our teachers, a lot of yeah. our um, politicians lived in that area. I have family that still live 
and, and right. um, the Venice Park area or okay. West Side area. So it wasn't a, a ghetto, but it had its pockets. It had yeah. its spots yeah. where you had these um, um, projects. Right. It wasn't. It's not Las Vegas, Vegas glamorous. Right. It's definitely not Las Vegas glamorous. As a matter of fact, if you go to Atlantic City, and I love Atlantic City, I'm not knocking or anything. Yeah. But if you come um, north of Atlantic Avenue. And you start coming back to Arctic Avenue, um, Baltic Avenue, etc. That's where you'll find your your community communities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, your projects yeah. like Stanley Home Village one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, your 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 old back rack and your yeah old pitties. So- so let's go back to because I, I, I'm glad you painted the picture because we're you know this conversation has led to you know your mindset pulling you out of all the things that your mindset got you in, and so yeah. so your mindset begins to change. So what happens? What happens? So I think what happened when I was in that mission at the end of my road, I think I was around 24 years old, 24, 25 years old. Okay, I was staying in the rescue mission. And I knew that God didn't have that for me. My wow. sister lived yeah. literally across the street. I think my mother lived in the front part of the, um, of the projects. And here I was, this young man, 23, 24, 24, because I think I finally stopped at the age of 25. So I want to say around 22, 23 years old, I, I found myself homeless in the mission. Wow. And um, I was just praying. I said, this can't be it. It was my first, I was in my, the end of my first marriage, failed marriage, of course. Okay. Um, where there was a whole bunch of drugs and mistreatment. Okay. Verbal and emotional abuse on both halves in, in, in that particular marriage. Um, verbally, emotional abuse from her and from me. We, right. we had that that spirit and it was it was it was i just felt like a failure at everything yeah and i think what led me to the mission was a failed attempt at suicide wow and the ending of that marriage um okay because she went along her way and i respected um her mother my first mother-in-law at the time because she was really in the church and she kept pulling me in pulling me in trying to pull me into church at the time and and um Miss Lyles, I love you. <laughs> Even to this day, I, I got to give her a shout out because yeah. she believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Wow. Even yeah. in the throes of everything I was going through being homeless and not to say that she took me in her house because, of course, she was protecting her daughter and her grandson at the time. But sure. she never stopped believing in me. Sure. And, and when I went away to um, when the chaplain at that at the rescue mission sent me away to Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, to a Salvation Army rehab. It gave me an opportunity to to humble myself. Okay. And I was getting like a twenty five dollar a week stipend just to buy cosmetics, like deodorant and toothpaste, okay. stuff like that. That right. started the, that humility, and that place on um, one put me back into a relationship with God. Yes. And two gave me confidence that I, I could be something better. Sure. Sure. You know, and they saw like you was like you was alluding to. They saw Atlantic City as this glamorous place, like this big place, and I'm like, right. it's not all that good, and it's not all that bad. Right. It's what you make of it, and it's your circumstances. Like I said, I had I suffered from that slow self esteem coming yeah. from a big family, and yeah. and wanting to be accepted, and couldn't even find acceptance in myself. So yeah, yeah, you know, and and coming from that man, that story is so powerful um, because it really produced the man that I'm talking to today. 
And I thank you for your openness and your transparency. So many people are ashamed of their background. Now, I'm a believer, pastor church. I love the Lord. If you listen to this podcast, I've never hit it, never made any mistake about it. When Christ died on the cross, he took our sin and our shame. So the fact that you're able to talk about all those things you've been through, we forget it's that past. It's that past that we saw as such an obstacle that creates the men and women that we are today. And so out of that, like the phoenix rising out of the ashes, here we have the Stanford CTC. It's motivated you. It's motivated you. It's cultivated you to not only continue in your journey, but pull others up that may have had the same type journey. Am I, am I stating that correctly? You're stating it perfectly well. I couldn't have said it better myself. One of the things I, I like to, I, I, I pride myself on, and this was the call for me, was when I started um, this transformation. Yeah. And things started happening in my life. I said to myself, I said, self, I said, hmm. I said, this is what I want to do. I want to go back and be a positive influence in those same communities that I had a negative influence on. Wow. So now you come back different with a different message and making a positive impact. Absolutely. With a message of hope and that wow. vision of hope. Wow. Wow. I not only want to be the message, but I want, to I want people to see that we do recover. We can change. Yeah. Not only with, the, with fellowships and support systems that we have in place, but with tapping into that, that true source of strength, which is that loving God. Yeah. Yeah. That we come to believe in. And, and mine is my Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I can't go around it any other way. Right. But um, right. I believe that God had a calling on my life, even in my dead world experience, even in my past. Yeah. yeah. It was a setup for right now. Right. Right. All of that experience set me up to be where I am right now. You know, man, and that's that's and I'm not trying to gas you up, man, and, and, and trying to blow you up. But that. That's some superhero stuff right there, man, where you, a lot of people leave and never come back. You went back in the same place that you had a negative influence. You decided, I'm going to go back and we're going to have a positive influence. I want people to see, look at what God did in my life. Look what can happen if you get serious about, about recovery. So tell me a little bit about the organization that you run. Where are its roots? Where did it start? You've been out here for 25 years, making a difference in the lives of men and women that had some struggles, man. So, you know, where, where's, Where's it planted? Where's it rooted? How many how how many how many facilities do we have? What's going on? <laughs> well, this is this is um it's one of many that that's that's on the horizon. Yeah. Um, it is the second attempt at doing a a facility. Like I said, I wanted to be a positive influence in communities that had a negative impact. So I started in Camden, New Jersey, with a facility or an agency. Um, called Way to Spirit Counseling Services. It was under the umbrella of Way to Spirit Ministries by okay. Chaplain Leona Ryan okay. out of um, Camden. So I partnered with her. She was um, she came to one of the agencies I was working at looking for internship, and I was graduating from my master's program. And I said, hey, I got this program that's been in my spirit since 2010, was trying to write it, didn't have the backing, financial backing that I needed, and it folded on me. So I got this program that I've written and she had experienced losing her son to an overdose and it was her passion. So she said wow. she wanted to support me. She let me use her facility. We started growing from there. And it's funny. I, and I have to tell this story because <laughs> at the same time as we got licensed to develop that ministry, I got my calling to teach. 
Wow. So I okay. was put in a position to teach at Camden County College, where I'm the teaching teaching administrative director of the entire addiction counseling program. So wait a second. Wait, you mean to tell me you have come from homelessness? I just want the yeah. listeners to hear it. I need them to hear it. That you've come from homelessness to now directing an entire program at Camden County College in Camden, New Jersey. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's even wow. deeper than that. Yeah. Um, because I didn't even tell you that in the midst of homelessness, it was the, I had dropped out of school. So wow. I had a GED, not a high school diploma. Wow. I had a GED, um, kicked out of the Navy for my substance use. I, I went through a lot. <laughs> to get man, and, and your story is so important. You don't, you don't understand what's lighting up inside me, man. This goes right in line with my book, Unstoppable, that we're going to talk about because you're truly unstoppable. But, but go ahead. So GED, kicked out the Navy. Listeners, I hope kicked you're listening. Kicked out of the Navy. With a GED, um, didn't go back to school until I was 40, 39, 40 years old for my wow. master's degree. Um, so got my master's degree and opened up, well, was working for agencies for 20 years. I've been in the field 20 years, working for different agencies for 15 years, mm -hmm. and decided to write a program because I just didn't think we were or I was being as impactful to the communities yeah. that I know I had destroyed. I, I, yeah. I felt like I was somewhat limited in okay. what I was able to do, working for other people. Um, not not a knock on any agencies. I love everyone that I've worked for. They, they, they helped me. They inspired me to go beyond the veil, so to speak, and do more okay. for okay. the people that we're trying to serve. Um, yeah. the, the shackles were released. Wow. And work with all these agencies. So I got my master's degree. I met um, Pastor Ryan. She believed, she, another one who believed in me and supported me. She didn't have to do it. She already had her church. She already had her literacy program. We did some numbers and we realized that roughly 67 to 70 some percent of the people in Camden um, who had literacy issues also struggled with substance use. Wow. wow. So we merged the literacy program with the substance abuse program. So we had Way to Spirit Ministries International. She had her Bible study. She had her literacy program. And now she had this new young kid coming on the block with this addiction program, <laughs> um, which inspired her because of her son passing. And, you know, and yeah. she just she just took yeah. me in like a little son. And, and she yeah. kind of mothered me and helped me. And we, you know, like mothers and sons yeah. have, have disagreements. We had our disagreements. But I believe everything she did for me with that particular program was out of love to help sure. me grow. Sure. So I'm grateful for her. Sure. So that was my first attempt. And like I said, I had got the position at the college the same time we were licensed to open it up. And I think um, that being in Camden, I wanted to do more and I wanted to be close to home. So after that, I decided to um, do something with my wife. My wife is in education also. She um, okay. is a math teacher at Big Picture Learning Academy in Camden, out of Camden High. Shout out to BPLA. <laughs> um, so she does tutoring and she did her master's in education. Um, so she did some things with a SAT program. She wrote, um, for her website design. And I said, babe, you like tutoring. You like teaching. I remember what happened at way to spirit when we looked at the numbers with literacy and substance use disorder. And I said, you can tutor people and we can do the same thing here. Wow. And Blackwood, which is closer to home, closer to the college. Wow. And it just makes it easier for me to do it. Wow. And have people around me who wow. believe in me and who believes in the mission. Wow. So it just worked out. Um, 
Um, shout out to um, Chap. I call it Chap. Chaplain Ryan and, and the whole Way of the Spirit Ministries over there, and Nelda Natal, who was one of my first interns. And I'm telling you, but if you can walk with me and see this, Brother Graves, I'm telling you, the men and women who came under us, who God has put in my life, um, like the young lady who introduced me to you, Felicia Watson, yes. all were students of mine who has a hunger for Christ, who has a hunger to help people, and have stories of their own of overcoming or transforming yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's what that's what Stanford CTC is about. Yeah. Um, it's helping people uncover or discover, uncover, and recover their authentic selves. Yeah. Yeah, man, you know, you said so much, man, because I, I want the listeners to not only appreciate what you do, but your story was so important behind it. Um, you believed in yourself. You had people who came around you and believed in you. You had a God that you served, Christ Jesus. And, and I want somebody listening today to be encouraged. You may have a child that's addicted and you might think all hope is lost for them. Keep praying for them. You might, you might be addicted yourself. You might mm -hmm. be thinking that the world has forgotten about you and that you'll never become what you were destined to become. Well, this brother right here disproves that. You might, you might, um, you might be mentoring somebody. And that's, this is to all the mentors out there. Don't be afraid to mentor to somebody who has a tough backstory. They make for a whole different type of leader, a whole different type of person. And um, I find this, and, and I find that I work better with people that have gone through a lot. Like, if you don't understand the restoration process, if you don't understand messing up forgiveness and being restored, if you don't understand failure, if you don't, if you don't have a comeback story, I have a hard time really working with you. You know, I, I didn't know our conversation was going to go like this, man. Like, I, I'm inspired. Like, these stories inspire me, you know, that, that you didn't throw in the towel, that, that you persevered. And, and, you know, you've answered some of the questions I was going to ask just in your story, man, you know. Um, but I really salute at you and, and what your wife are doing, man, and, and how you're doing it. Um, how, how has the... How has, I don't want to say turnover rate, how the people that have come for, through your program, have they gone on to do some great things? Absolutely. Uh, I, I named a few of them, um, yeah. both, from, both from the counseling perspective and from the education perspective. Uh -huh. I believe a, a lot of the young men and women who have come, who God has put in my life, yeah. has went on to not only um, continue success in their recovery, uh -huh. But also going on to like help countless people. I mean, right, right. I look at the program at, at Camden County College with that I, that I'm currently in position with, and I look at my students. Yeah, I have about 20 students who have gone on, and it's probably more. Right. That I know of who work closely with me. 20 students who have went on to not only attain their associate degree, their certification in counseling, but also went on to get their master's degree, wow. who are licensed and who are supervising other agencies right now. Wow. Wow. That, and, and I'm so proud of them. And, and yeah. I call them mini me's. And I, I thank God for putting them in my life because they have that same spirit of help that yeah. gift of help. And, and yeah. I love it. I love the energy. Um, I just, it's, I, I'm excited to have people around me 
that um, have a passion for it. And I, and I tell these young young men and young ladies all the time, I say, I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be better than me because right. you have a story and you have something. I want you to take my job. Yeah. I, I want to prepare you to be able to help people on a deeper level, <laughs> not just counseling. I'm talking advocacy. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking um, just being in position to help uplift them and those they are serving. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it's bigger than us. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's bigger than me. And as humble and grateful as I am with your kind words, but the reality of it is it's all about those we serve. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I believe I'm here to be a servant to them. Even if I'm not doing a direct counseling, which I am, yeah. I'm still supervising people and counseling those who are counseling other people. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest among us serve. That's the bottom line. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Yeah. Hey, man, how, how do people find you, man? Listen, if uh, they may not be in the South Jersey area. They may not be in Philadelphia. They may not be, but, but they're listening throughout the world, throughout the globe. How can they email you? How can they just reach out to you? Yeah, it might be someone listening who's trying to start what you have started, and I know you would pour right into them no matter where they are throughout the globe. Is there an email? Can you tell us over, over the uh, – I know my wife and Felicia and my staff here is going to like beat me up when it's all said and done, but I don't promote violence. They're just going to give me a tongue lashing uh, uh, because I always forget this piece, but I, I know my um, Felicia's laughing in the background. Well, right Felicia, now. if Felicia's there, Felicia, our, our Spotify <laughs> listeners and YouTube viewers would love for you to jump in and give us the email that where we can find uh, brother Leroy and, and how we I get contact. email. I was thinking, I was thinking about the, the Facebook and. Well, we're going to talk about that too. So give us the email first. Give us the email first. So the email will be Leroy at Stanford CTC services.org. That is Leroy at Stanford S T A N F O R D C T C services.org. Or you, you can go info at stanford ctc services.org our website is um stanford ctc services man that's um, awesome find us man. our website um i think our facebook page is stanford that's the tricky part here we go what's the facebook page here's the tricky part <laughs> it's gonna be at stanford ctc services and then we have the for Instagram is hashtag Stanford CTC services. All right, very good. Very I good. I would get a lot of tongue lashing for that one. I know, but listen, if they if folks want to find you, they're gonna find you via those they emails first and, and foremost. Man, I thank you. First of all, let me thank you for doing what you do. Let me let me thank you for, for sharing your story, for pouring out your heart. And you do it with such passion. You do it with such conviction. You believe in what you do. And, and I thank God for you, man. And, and thank you for just serving those who are underserved. I, I, I love serving the underserved. Sometimes some of our, our best and brightest are underserved. But thank you for serving the underserved. And finally, thank you for being on the Ralph Graves Jr. Show, man, and making it a better show today because you were on it, man. I thank you uh, for that. Thank you, Ralph. I hope I wasn't too scatterbrained, but I <laughs> just got across that there truly is hope. Um, yeah, yeah. After all of your afflictions, yeah, um, I've even looked at and, and man, Felicia was talking before we, we got on this conversation. She said, "Give me a word for the day," and and I was like, "Perspective." Yeah. So when we look at this from the perspective 
of there is hope for us. There's a vision for us. And a lot of people that um, I find coming into my life has what's called a shared vision. And our perspective is from that of our clients. So we're seeing things through their 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 eyes, not wow. our perspective, but yeah. from theirs. Wow. So that we can better understand and help them. Wow. Perspective. Perspective. Lens of someone else's, especially if we're in the business of helping people. Yeah. It's not about us. Yeah. It's no, about it's those not. that we're trying to serve. Well, thank you so much for being on the Ralph Graves Jr. Show, man. And uh, this will not be the last time. This will not be the last time. Hey, guys, if you're listening, share this with somebody. Share the podcast. Let them know that uh, we're here and we're talking about some good things. I hope this blessed you. If if you're watching on on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, my name is Ralph Graves, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.